shout out to our sponsors at IconBet. Open source, decentralized gaming, no deposits, play straight from your wallet. IconBet, made by the players, for the players. Ion Icon is proudly supported by Icon Nation and the Icon community. Scott, can you hear us? So Scott's trying to call as well. Oh, I'm patiently waiting. I'm uh, look, enjoying the conversation here. You know what, Scott? We want to know, what are your thoughts around the market Colorado? Oh, God, the words just aren't working today. I'm sorry. Um, correlation. That's the, that's the thing I was going for. Um, what are your thoughts on the market's co- correlation, crypto versus stock? Uh, so crypto versus equities? Yes. Um, yeah, I would say... Uh, yeah, there, I'd say right now there's, I mean, I, we could do some simple uh, regression analysis to see. I, I haven't actually done it, but I would assume that there is uh, some pretty strong correlation with probably a higher beta for um, cryptocurrency, meaning that if the market goes down 2%, if the stock market goes down 2%, maybe crypto will go down 5 to 7 That That would be like higher beta, um, but still correlated. And the reason I think that is because, uh, you know, it's just kind of in the earlier days of this market. It's still a speculative asset. It's still not well defined as a mar- as a asset class. There's still lots of regulation that needs to uh, take place for it to be considered anything other than a risk on asset. In in traditional investing, there's kind of two types of assets. There's risk on and risk off. Risk on would be like speculative tech stocks that are booming during like a bull cycle. Risk off would be something like just investing broadly in an index fund, right? That's just, um, or even just in gold or, or, or treasury, you know, treasury bonds would be like the most risk off asset you can get, right? When shit's hitting the fan, people look for risk off when people can't like, you know, the uh, economy is tanking and, you know, people are thinking about, uh, you know, how they're going to pay their mortgage and stuff. The last thing they're thinking about is, you know, should I put any extra money that I have into Bitcoin? People are thinking about the essentials, right? So mm. um, that's kind of what, my, that's my view on it. We, we want it to get to the other way, right? When the market's tanking, they start thinking about Bitcoin. Throw all the money in Bitcoin and be safe. But um, one <laughs> yeah, day. No, what? I mean, um, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I just think it needs more maturity for that to happen. And, and it can yeah. get there. I mean, um, there's no doubt that like, uh, in terms, if we were looking at like total supply numbers, if like the US dollar actually was like very transparent in terms of total supply on coin market cap or something, it would it would have like, uh, you know, blown through the top, through the roof these last uh, couple of years. So um, that's definitely happening. And we'll kind of see the mid to long term effects of that. Cool. Yeah. So um, I think uh, we'll kick off as well. So there's a few people here as usual. So this is a recorded session. Um, but that shouldn't stop anyone and everyone from asking questions. I know I notice, for example, Geo, who's quite a frequent um, talker on the podcast, does not open his mouth during these sessions, but he types all his questions in the Telegram chat. So um, if you are shy, please just ask away. Um, we do have Scott here. So while he's here to talk everything balanced, I tend to get in some questions about the foundation, Icon 2.0, and anything else that Scott has his hand in. Um, I did notice a new site that has gone up, um, Scott, which I can't, I think it's in your, um, I saw a picture of you, Ricky, and um, Dakey. Um, I want to come to that. I want to I wanna quiz you on that, get a bit more info around it. But um, we'll come back to that in a moment. Um, I think first things first, um, some uh, 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 some rules around this. Guys, everyone stay on mute. Um, I can grab her. You can be the exception. But if you want to talk, just unmute yourself. To me, I'm looking at the screen. As soon as I see you unmuted, I'll start to shut up or wrap up if I'm talking. And you can ask away your questions because it is also for the community to ask Scott or anyone any questions they have. Um, but otherwise, I'll just ramble through things I want to know about or anything the community has posted in the chats, uh, you know, wanting me because they couldn't attend, they want me to ask. So first things first, uh, does anyone want to ask any questions straight off the bat to Scott or do they want me to kick things off? I'm one that I, I don't know if I have the answer for or not, um, but I kind of picked up about this earlier. But, uh, you know, some of the this morning, or at least this morning my time, there were uh, issues with Solana. Obviously, Solana has been kind of the like you know labeled as a potential Ethereum killer and stuff like that. Uh, and then the chain kind of went basically went down for 
several hours. I think they're, I don't know if they ever got it fully functional or not, but I guess, uh, and I don't, I don't know if Scott actually prefer this question because it's something that in the ARP has been following it at all. And if he doesn't have an answer, that's totally fine, but so you're gonna throw it out there. Um, you know, it seemed like they, the Solana got spammed pretty heavily due to, ironically, the low transaction fees. Is there, you know, as far as potential, something like that happened with Icon 2.0, um, Scott, is there anything that's, you know, it's built differently or anything like that? Or is that um, just always a risk that's potentially, you know, it's one of the trade-offs that you make is basically speed versus potentially, you know, I guess, reliability and security. Um, do you have any kind of just reflections on the, what happened with Solana Day or anything like that? And if not, it came came out of nowhere the question did so uh i'll understand if you don't yeah i mean i, I just kind of don't know enough about solana's architecture to say like oh this you know this is what happened to solana and this is how icon right. would be better um okay you know i would assume anybody is susceptible to uh a ddos attack um or, or anything similar any sort of spamming if there is no cost is so you know if the cost is so cheap that it, it it becomes you know like it makes sense to attack the network and then short it then um that's something people are going to do you know I, I i can say that um icon 2.0 uh this is like briefly mentioned on the uh icon community forum that we have a new transaction fee policy um you know anyone who's running peer apps knows that we have had brief network outages from like transactions taking too long and like, uh, you know, from spamming as well, not to the extent that we're seeing with Solana right now, but, you know, um, again, I don't know enough about the situation to comment, but, right, you know, right. I, I know Icon 2.0, we put um, more effort into the transaction fee policy, making sure that, um, you know, for more complex transactions that take longer to execute, you are certainly paying, you know, more of a premium for that. Um, so it's just more of a logical transaction fee policy that kind of makes more sense than what we have currently um, on the Python contracts. Yeah, it, you know, as much as people kind of point at Ethereum and say, okay, these, you know, fees are too ridiculous, da, 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 that's why it's not sustainable, whatever. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it does kind of make it a lot, you know, when, when gas fees are as high as they are, it makes it a lot harder to do that sort of you know, spam transaction attack that kind of happened on on Solana just because it's so prohibitively expensive to do it. So as much as people kind of like use that as a, you know, point to the gas fees is almost like a bug. Um, in, in that respect, they're kind of serve as a feature because yeah. it makes it Absolutely. way harder. And then someone else, which, you know, basically, e, you know, EOS um, a little a while back basically had, you know, basically free transactions, which on paper sounds awesome. And it's, oh, well, that's gotta be superior chain because they're free basically dealt with similar problems where it would just get you know attacked relentlessly uh just because it was basically free to do so so um and when you you know when you mentioned more you know takes longer for more transact complex transactions i assume you mean like longer relative to you know the very quick ones you can do now not it's like i, I uh, correct no, me wrong not, but i imagine you're not gonna be sitting there you're not gonna sit there for several minutes you're not gonna sit there for several minutes it's yeah. gonna be you know a, a little bit longer but it's still gonna be pretty fast um uh, no that's as far i as think kind of, uh just Misinterpreting yeah, what yeah, I was saying yeah. is like, yeah. Sorry, most, the, of, uh, most of the attacks I've seen, yeah. like batch, uh, I, I mean, I, on the icon network is just people just you know sending like batch sender attacks and things. It's nothing uh, too bad to handle. The icon found actually stepped up. I mean, we've been undergoing this for seven or eight months now. Solana is just, you know, enough. We're just, you know, we're all interconnected here. So, uh, you know, we have to look to Lana and and try to find you know some some analogs that can work to our network. And uh, but you know we're in a little better place than them. But they're so high that as you get up there, you start becoming an even bigger target. You know, and the stakes become higher. And so, for me, you know personally, uh, you know we're at a good place right here. The foundation's listening. Uh, Good Lord, we are in such a good place right here. It is beautiful. And, and that's all I wanted to say. It, it's been a great day for me personally. And uh, every, you know, and we can sit here and pick Solana Park or anybody else. I saw that this morning and, you know, didn't even pay it any mind. Uh, they'll, they'll recover and be fine. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. I think it's all about just, um, 
look comparing you always got to see what happens out there to see how well protected we are i think um that that's a good one i i, I didn't know about it i woke up to the um article iconographer sent me and um yeah, I was just reading up on it, um, but I've seen this this sort of something different happen with Avalanche. They well, a little while back again something they got spammed and their chain froze and similar. They had to put some steps uh, into place there. Um, we've seen in a, in a different scenario, Ethereum has had this happen twice. Not this spamming attack, but um, their get um, nodes or something. One of the infrastructure have done some updates, which has indirectly caused a hard fork in ethereum and then all the other nodes have to update this has happened twice now this year um uh, so there's all kinds of variations that happen but i think in this case it's um it's a good one and scott it was a good call out for the um if, if we were to get spammed how the fees work and things like that to reduce well hopefully um reduce reduce that i just want to clarify that when i said longer transactions i'm not saying like uh we increase the block time still two second finality for transactions but <laughs> right, some right. transactions take longer to execute than others and those ones yeah. need to be more expensive or there's no reason to make opti like to optimize your code yeah, yeah yeah don't don't take away our two second blocks jesus that's our you know winning it is an uh, important pitch. feature yeah <laughs> yes exactly cool okay well um i think just oh someone have a question i was gonna say we yeah there's a question and uh written by uh the schmoo in our uh in our thing he, he's asking you know just want to hear your hear your opinion do you guys expect a dump in the stock market how are you managing the risk percent of your loans uh in terms of balance and omm i i want to speculate on the stock market just because hey we kind of already did that but also i don't i don't know enough to give any sort of prediction one way or another um but i guess in terms of you know man managing risk and things like that I, mean, I think it's up to whatever one how much everyone to tolerate um, I think the best, you know, I think the most sound approach is to kind of play out various scenarios in your head and say, you know, okay, you know, I like look at, you know, I back in May or whatever, um, early May, I guess, mid May, when ICX fell from like mid two dollars to down to, I think it, I think it bottomed to like sixty four cents or something like that. You know, that was a scenario that I certainly didn't envision being possible. I imagine a lot of other people didn't envision being possible. But I imagine when it happened, uh, it really messed with a lot of people's, you know, positions on on at that time just balance, but now we have OMM as well. So um and and I know people got liquidated as a result as well. So it certainly, you know, it became a very real problem. So I would just say, you know, try to try to game out, you know, the likelihood of various things happening. Kind of sit to yourself and say, okay, I'm taking out a loan that puts me at X percent now in, and x percent puts my liquidation price at y you know what are the odds that i think you know if i go away for a vacation for a week and i'm away from my wallet you know what are the chances that icx can fall from the price it is now to that price and you know i think that's it's certainly probably possible uh but you just have to kind of game out what you think the the likelihood is so um you know it's everyone's kind of personal approach i don't know if anyone else has different strategies or is approach it differently, but that's kind of a lesson I learned from that first one, because even I got pretty, you know, I felt the market was moving up and I said, okay, we're, we've got so much upward momentum here, you know, we'll probably have some dips, but I didn't, I didn't foresee anything like that crazy. Uh, and it created some headaches on my side. So, um, you know, I, I definitely approach it now and I kind of uh, keep my mind open to basically every possibility out there. So, um, you know, that's, that's at least my, my per perspective on that. I'd, I'd like to follow in that I really don't do DeFi or anything and borrowing against your crypto is a good idea until it isn't. And, you know, I mean, you can take risk, you know, maybe 10 or 15% to borrow against, and that would be reckless for me, maybe 5%, you know, that I borrow against as long as it's within a safe margin and you'll probably be able to be liquid enough to be okay. Uh, you know, you don't put 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90%. Good Lord, that's asking for it. Because, uh, I mean, let's face it. I mean, in the time that we've been in the icon space for three or four years now, I mean, and several of us have been in this space for a lot longer than this, you know, I mean, the bottoms are a lot harder than, than the highs. And so, you know, just take it within measure and be safe. And, you know, you, 
you lock some capital up and if you set it you know you don't have to worry so much if you can afford to not really worry about it that's my point you know being safe in the space and and lastly look on that uh, dusty it's a good call out look uh, you know and and i can graph your example is perfect you live you learn um that that's probably the biggest thing in DeFi as well um even being prepared you well uh, i think to make say a similar mistakes over and over again until eventually i don't um now what i think let, let's keep pushing forward i wanted to kind of um uh, scott while you're with us let's let's get a real big download on um uh, run through the standard topic balance um well, the update was great i noticed now we have our blog which is fantastic um it goes to show how much i pay attention to the website that um in the last episode when icongraph was running through all the balance stats i um i'm like where are you getting all these stats from and it just happens to be another tab on the um, balance website that you click on and you can see all the stats um i just bypass all that information and go straight into the dap constantly so um lesson learned but now there's a blog there and and you've recently just dropped a new update and there's quite a lot being covered there i wanted to get your thoughts on um the big one that i saw was obviously the revamped rebalancing feature um how is how is this going in your eyes now that we are on mainnet um want to get your thoughts yeah so i think like um with rebalancing uh these days i mean the next step i would say is to uh, tighten up the peg a little bit i think like one of the main problems is that it's at five percent drift so it's really difficult for it to get above one dollar at any point so it's constantly just like every time it's uh there's rebalancing that occurs it'll drift back down um but yeah i mean overall i think the uh the improvements that we've made are uh considerable the initial implementation had the initial implementation had um the the rebalancing was not very like uh smooth if you will against all borrowers so we lowered the amount that gets rebalanced per group by a very significant amount so that way um it's spread out much more evenly across all borrowers so that's one huge improvement the next one was the fact that the uh all benefits of rebalancing like the arbitrage opportunity goes to um goes to borrowers as opposed to arbitrage traders that are triggering it um and then we also now have the bi-directional peg so bnusd you can comfortably say once we have you know enough people participating in the rebalancing process and understanding how to make money from it um i'm even considering adding it to the user interface just so that way people can click a button and you know adjust the uh the price of SICX to try and benefit um, the, uh, oh man, I just lost my train of thought there. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, Wait, we have, yeah, we have the bi-directional peg. So we'll have, um, it won't drift by more than whatever we say. So right now the community has it set at 5%, um, but you know, I'm gonna start kind of leading a charge um, to move it from 5% to 4% progressively as close as we feel comfortable or even necessary. I don't really think it's necessary to have it any closer than like 1% um, would be like the, the closest I think is necessary. But, you know, what's really important about this is having BNUSD be an actual stablecoin. Like a lot of the same people that are unhappy with rebalancing are also unhappy that when they borrow BNUSD, they have to pay a 5% premium over ICX price. And that is because the rebalancing peg is so loose. So um, in order for BNUSD to be a sustainable stablecoin and be added to products like Ohm, where people can comfortably use it as collateral and borrow against it without fear of liquidation, um, you know, the, the peg needs to be tighter. And ultimately, you know, uh, there is a psychological factor of having your collateral sold and your debt repaid, but ultimately rebalancing is a function that always sells at a premium for you and buys at a discount um so it is beneficial to borrowers um a lot of people you know it takes a lot of education and explanation to get people to understand that or be comfortable with it but ultimately it's working as intended and um keeping the peg where we want it to be we just need to tighten that up so scott when you say uh, leading the charge so to tighten that up is it more 
uh, proposals required to do that or is it just um yeah no if, if you look at like the new votes that we launched like anybody right now um who meets the requirements there's like you have to have uh 10 basis points of the network staked um yeah. to submit a proposal but anyone who meets those requirements can submit a proposal to change a number of different things one of them is the rebalancing threshold yeah okay cool no that's a good so, one yeah, I was, uh... probably kick off the discussion on uh on the forum pretty soon Awesome. Um, I also, go ahead. No, Scott, please just keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, one, one other thing that I wanted to bring up that I was talking to, uh, you know, some of our smart contract guys about is that um, if you participate in the SICX BNUSD pool and are a borrower, I tweeted about this the other day, this um, essentially provides a um, automatic um, you know, buy, like buyback of the ICX that was sold, right? So if you can imagine a situation where you are the only borrower on balanced and you're the only liquidity provider, and let's say two ICX of your collateral is sold, then who bought it, right? The liquidity providers bought it and you bought it from yourself. So if you maintain a similar amount, a percentage of debt as you are in the liquidity pool, you're on average trading against yourself and any ICX of your collateral that's sold gets sold to the liquidity pool, which you own a share of. So you're selling it to yourself. So it is a way to automatically counteract the effects of rebalancing. Um, so. And which, which, you know. um, sorry, Scott, was which liquidity pool more against um, SICX to BNUSD, right? Right. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what borrowers are trading against when their collateral yeah. is sold. They trade against so that pool. So to put it simply, if I borrowed 5,000 BNUSD and I have a total of $5,000 in that liquidity pool, essentially I've just um, hedged against myself. I, I wouldn't be at a loss even with rebalancing. No, it's, more, just... it's, it's percentage based. So if you're 1% okay. of the BNUSD supply is your debt and yep. your, then you would also want to target to be around 1% of the liquidity pool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And you know, you can kind of—it's a kind of a passive way to get it done. But I know Brian is working on something to actually repurchase the exact amount that was sold as soon as it happens. And I know I saw another community member asking about it. They're building a bot for themselves. So, um, you know, that's obviously the most precise way to do it. But passively, um, I did realize that the SICXBN USD pool is a direct hedge against um, rebalancing. Yeah. Cool. That's good. Um, okay, is there anything else, Scott, from the rebalancing perspective? Um, I think that was a great um, update. Um, anything else you want to make mention? Otherwise, we'll put rebalancing to rest. No, I mean, I think I, I, think I covered everything I uh, wanted to do there. Cool. cool. I haven't seen any microphones go off, so I'll keep moving. Okay. Um, so, look, this is a good one, and I thought let's, let's spend a bit of time um, uh, talking about this, Scott, I noticed um, there's a big push to move a lot of the um, community uh, from Telegram into Discord. A bit of work going on, especially it started with Ohm, um, Rhizome Dow's in there as well. We've got um, Balance now migrating. Um, do you want to talk to us about um, people who will eventually listen to this podcast, why we're actively pushing into Discord? Yeah, I mean, it's just a much better way to have a cohesive community, right? Like you have Telegram, like I'm looking at my Telegram right now, and I have like hundreds of chats and channels, and there's absolutely no organization besides pinning to the top. And then I open up the balanced Discord, and I'm like, oh, wow, there's, you know, a trading discussion, there's general chat, there's governance discussion, there's a channel directly for support. We have developer discussion, we even have a Spanish channel. Um, the activity feed, I mean, all of it is in one room, essentially, and much just easier to organize. So it's much better to have, like, it, it's a way to create a much more cohesive community. You know, like if, if somebody is in the, um, is only in the traders chat, right? Like they're going to miss out. They're not even going to have the opportunity to see the discussion that happens on the governance side, unless they specifically like joined like a governance channel, right? And monitor it. So if you're in the balanced discord server you're immediately exposed to all this stuff even if you don't necessarily care you know you'll see all the unread messages and maybe maybe check it out you know? 
And, and uh, yeah, seems, seems harder to seems harder to scam people. Harder to what? Well, Discord's good. Yeah, look, it's definitely um, the place. The uh, I mean, iconists need to migrate across to a lot, a lot of lot more workers going there and i'm sure there'll be a few more announcements on that as well um but okay that that's great i just want to touch on that i think scott um Darcy, valid points and and the main point to as well is it, it enables information on different topics for the dApps because balance isn't just about and you know there's so many aspects to it it enables channels and then people can actually talk about those specific uh, topics through those channels and and also from a support perspective when we see people having issues it can get lost in telegram so discord's a great way there's a support channel you can put your questions in there they get answered and they can get ticked off as being sorted especially for community members who help out as well in in those spaces okay um I will keep moving on. Scott, um, one thing I wanted to ask you. So the, you know, uh, since OM launched and with the pools that came across uh, the OM liquidity pools, well, once we take the LPs and put them back into the OM website um, on the OM side of things, I noticed it skews all the percentages and things like that. I, I'm I'm betting this is really ticking off Lisa and Peter. Is there any plans to uh, to tackle that component of um, the liquidity aspect? Uh, that's not going to be possible. Just from the, um, I think the only reason people feel this way is because uh, they there's like only two projects in the Icon ecosystem. Um, hmm. So everyone feels like they're attached and everything balance knows Ohm should also know and everything Ohm knows balance should also know. But imagine there's like a thousand projects uh, having incentive programs unbalanced. Like, hmm. are we really going to ha have our front end team search out every smart contract that's offering an incentive program on, on balance and make sure that we track those liquidity tokens and then if they change their smart contract API, then it breaks our network and we have no communication with the team. You know, these things aren't scalable and like it's really the idea of composability, right? We don't need to know what's going on with Ohm. Ohm doesn't need to know what's going on with Balanced. We can hook our products into each other with absolutely no collaboration whatsoever. And we don't want to start building those, those, like it's called coupling, right? We don't want to start coupling the Balanced front end to every single app that's offering an incentive program to deposit liquidity. Because then our app depends entirely on the smart contract development skills and practices of anyone offering a program on, on, on our app. Yep, no, fair enough. So um, on that, since we're talking uh, liquidity pools, et cetera, I noticed um, in your update, there was uh, a point that uh, called out rerouting. And I saw a real Dave um, did a bit of a breakdown. So um, is it in the next update or soon we'll expect we don't have to bounce between four different pairs to to get to, you know, say if I want to move BNUSD to USDS, um, I wouldn't have to move it through to, you know, um, IUSDC, IUSDC into OM, OM into USDS. So will it automatically route based on just the options we pick? Yeah, that is exactly what we're working on. Uh, trust me, all of us are very excited for that. I, I you know, like claiming of like uh, five or six or seven different to token types right now as network fees is fun and all, but. Um, you know, when it comes to swapping them around and converting between stable coins, um, it definitely becomes a nuisance. So it just to be clear, it is just a user experience thing, right? Like all that's happening yeah. is they're going from IUSDC to USDS and on the user experience, it looks like it's one trade. It is still mm -hmm. going to be two trades and you still are going to pay two fees, but it does look and feel much easier and cleaner. Yeah, okay. So it's essentially uh, stacking the transactions up. So you're still paying per transaction. It's just um, cool. No, that's great. That's awesome. Because I, I can't tell you how unproductive I've been in my day job trying to look for ARB opportunities and just constantly just <laughs> swapping between each of the pairs to see if there's anything there. This is why, Brian, your widget I can't wait for and I hound you regularly because, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm falling behind and, and, and work. I think you're going to have a hard time finding arbitrage at this point on... Uh uh as a front-end like retail user i i know that uh we've seen somebody that includes an arbitrage check in every single block that's produced so every two seconds somebody is checking if there's an arbitrage and trying to capture it so um good oh, luck happy hunting but i don't expect you to be whoever still, that is and it's no one there's still some out there 
There's no one. I, I don't know who it is, to be honest. Brian, you were saying something? Oh, uh, just give me one, one, one second. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> um, um, sorry. <laughs> It's funny though, but it, it really is true. I mean, Brian's got a bot running every two seconds or less, you know, looking for arbitrage opportunities. And I mean, <laughs> that's genius, man. And I mean, it really is beautiful. Okay, look, I, I think uh, uh, I think Gio's comment really summed it up as well. Uh, Brian had uh, obviously saw an ARB opportunity and ran off to take advantage of it. So uh, let's let's <laughs> let's come back. I think I wanted to ask. Um, uh, even I'm checking I the activity lost... feed right now to see if he does it. <laughs> um, I I wanted to as well, Scott. Uh, I, I know I have we have limited time here. Um, post the hour, the session can continue and we can all keep chatting. I'm I'm all game for that. But um, I wanted to ask you one thing. So BNUSD, we've talked about the peg, we've talked about a few things there. What about utility? For example, um, you know, getting it on Ohm uh, as a money market, uh, getting it maybe even paired up with Ohm, because I noticed um, one of the things, Ohm has a pairing with everything. Do you think if Ohm had a pairing with BNUSD, it would help um, in any way as well tied in the peg or... Oh, that would be completely irrelevant. I think uh, both of those uh, could potentially be an impact. Uh, the OM BNUSD pair uh, not being there, uh, which is a good point that I hadn't really considered. Um, that would imply that people are buying SICX with BNUSD and then selling the SICX for OM, which could be a potential route that people are taking. Um, same with going through the IUSDC pair. Um, I don't think incentivizing that pool would be a good use of funds, though. Um, maybe like a really small amount, but you know, there's a lot of as we add more pairs, there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed in, in terms of the um, incentivized pools. And you know, we're, you're talking about utility. I think like uh, tight, tightening the peg is an essential next step to get added to Ohm, or else uh, you know, like users who are expecting to be able to deposit a stablecoin um could have you know 10 percent swings in their collateral value from above five percent to below five percent which is uh you know could be dangerous to users so um tightening the peg is essential to get there and that'll help a lot having the ability to deposit on ohm and uh and and earn yield on it so that i'm excited about i'm sure that'll happen um at some point and then the other piece is as we add more, like the, the vision that I'm having here is that as we add more collateral types, so let's say we add Ethereum next, then mm. we would have an Ethereum BNUSD pool that would have some incentives with it. And that Ethereum BNUSD pool would be the incentivized pair. Um, and it would be used for rebalancing uh, ETH borrowers. So we need to have like a, a trading pair of BNUSD against something for every collateral type is how I'm feeling. So once we have, yeah, and that'll enable rebalancing for that collateral type. And then as we have more collateral types and more pairs, that means you can buy more stuff with BNUSD, right? If you could buy Bitcoin with it, that would be great. If you could buy Ethereum with it, that would be great. And as we add, you know, we have all these BTP partners we're working with and the amount of assets you'll be able to buy with BNUSD will continue to grow. Yeah, cool, okay. Um can i ask a question about bridge uh you know i mean that's y'all's project and when can we expect you know because i would it would be really awesome on the back end to really develop bridge to where anybody with a widget can get verified and you know supply a few bucks or 50 cents or whatever i mean the back end is huge on this deal so uh, uh where are we with that if i could ask a question and i i know it's nascent and i mean but it you know personally it kind of feels a little top heavy and that's okay but it would be nice to have a widget that can be incorporated directly into the wallet <coughs> where anybody can kind of come along and buy some tokens 
and do what they want to do with them, whether it's bet on icon bet or or anything else. And I, I was just wondering, you know, when we could kind of expect something like that, because that would be groundbreaking. Yeah, I'm not exactly Sorry. sure um, what. I'm pretty sure other apps could integrate Bridge Wallet if they wanted to. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. And I do plan on implementing it in Balanced as well. And anyone who's interested in implementing it should reach out to them in their uh, Telegram channel, I would say, or on Twitter. So it's not so, it's not open. I, I think no. you can do it. No, I, 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 I well, no, it's not. Bridge is not an open source software. No, it's a wallet. Like, uh, so... Um, yeah, and it require yeah, I think uh kind of think who if you can how you would implement right. bridge right well, now. I can um, look at that. Let's see. Yeah, exactly that's sure, cool. To be honest. I, it I should yeah, be, I don't really work but... with bridge very much. Um right. well, well let let's um I mean, that, that, let's take that to we can ask that into the telegram. I know um and ask I know um, Brian also has um, yeah, it says a bit email of... us and we'll help you uh, add bridge to your product. So you just yeah, need uh, yeah. to contact the team. Yeah. I was just on their website. Because I know. Because um, cool. I know. Um, because, yeah. you know, like reaching out to anybody, if you make it easier, I think bridge is critically important. I, mean, I know you worked hard on it and it, it's critically important to make it easier, not more difficult, not more hurdles. Just. Yeah. Dead right, stupid yeah. easy. So, okay, yeah, we'll look at definitely, that. Definitely yeah. All right, so, cool. Thanks, Dusty. Um, okay, uh, so then, Scott, the other aspect I wanted to ask. Oh, so, you know, we, we've seen, I noticed we had a bit of a um, gloat. We're on market, coin market cap, balance, BNUSD. Um, and uh, I, I got my train of thought back on my past one, but I'll finish this. Um, now that we have this integration built, will it be easier when we start seeing more IRC20 tokens, DApps launch, you know, gangster bet, let's send Optimus and stuff? Because now we've finally got it on there, should this speed up the entire process of getting listed on these third-party sites because the architecture infrastructure is there? Um, yeah, I think... Well, yeah, balance was tough because it was an exchange, like getting the exchange APIs set up um, to their liking and, uh, you know, coordinating with their team if there was any issues was the harder part. And I think not, I think Ohm, like, I don't actually think Dakey did anything specific to get it added. I think it's possible that either a community member did it or CoinMarketCap automatically picked it up because it was on the balanced API. So yes, should be easier than, than when balanced had to do it. Okay, that's good news for everyone out there listening as well. Because I know, um, yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, the other point was around the liquidity. You know, the reason why I called out this own BNUSD because obviously my the biggest ARB opportunities I've always seen is between the own um, USDC and USDS pairs, and then obviously BNUSD missing um, would kind of complete that circle. But you mentioned about. Um, you know, rewarding that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be balanced rewarding that. Um, uh, Ohm's rewarding the other three pairs, and uh, yeah, if if Ohm can split their rewards into again, this would have to get voted on. Um, yeah, no, that, that, that's possible, of course. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really think of that. Um, yeah. So yeah, but um, that that Ohm hasn't got their proposal piece on up and running yet, is it? Uh, from my understanding, no. Uh, but no. thanks to. Uh, you know, we, we kind of uh, have a lot of code that they can leverage. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, we're leveraging cool. a lot of their code for continuous rewards as well. Oh, if yes. you guys can see like just how much faster we can start to develop as, you know, somebody just to lay the foundation and lay the groundwork and best practices start coming and people can leverage each other's code, you can start to see how the Ethereum ecosystem blew up so fast. Yeah, totally. The, and like, the, the, and like why, why like EVM compatibility chains just like come out of nowhere and they're like, we have like 50 dApps and it's like a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of similar code from other existing apps, which is fine. So, and that's good. I mean, that's like the nature of open source and, and, and innovation. So, so on that then, Scott, like once we have ICE launch and I'm not going to, you know, quiz you about the, um, 
uh, token or anything like that. More around balance. So, say, say uh, Polygon and um, Ethereum, right? Let's say Aave. When Aave, they were running on Ethereum, now they've deployed on a Polygon and it's simple as switching the wallet into a different network. Are we going to see something like that happen with Balanced and Ohm? you know, actually have a deployment on the EVM chain or will it be um, strictly sticking to Icon? I'm a little torn on that for balance. Um, Dickie definitely has his, or, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know how Dickie feels about Ohm. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little torn. You know, we're going to do the rewrite into Java and I do like um, the idea of building on an interoperability hub, which is actually, uh, you know, unique amongst other, um, kind of interoperability solutions like if you look at cosmos uh the the hub they plan on using is the cosmos hub it doesn't support smart contracts so you can't build directly on the hub polka dot is a similar architecture with the um with uh parachains and then the relay chain but you can't build directly on the relay chain and, and building directly on icon gives you the lowest latency um cross-chain transactions so if that really does become important in the future i think i'd want kind of the home base to be on an interoperability hub that is, you know, connected to many different networks directly without having to, you know, wait for messages to be passed between multiple networks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, okay, cool. No, that's good. So then, mm, yeah. Okay. No. Uh, the liquidity, because it that that's where it starts to come into play, right? Like once you decide to, especially for balance or well for anything, um, on a different network again then it's about liquidity because how would it work with btp uh, no i'm drifting too much sorry let me rein it back in um i just want to be clear i'm not talking about liquidity i'm not talking about who's going to have the most slippage or the most the deepest liquidity pools when i say low yeah. latency i'm talking about the transaction speed and finality right yeah. icon has two seconds icon has other networks have, have, have even faster blocks, so We'll be faster than that, though. We'll be faster than that. Two second blocks will be. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Scott. Yeah, you were saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, when you think about uh, what it means to when you're if you're not building directly on the hub, um, you need to wait for the icon finality which is two seconds you need to wait for let's see all right yeah i don't, I don't want i was thinking of running through an example but without a whiteboard and a, uh, a diagram it's going to be tough but just realize that you need to wait for a message to be uh, passed and finalized on multiple networks and then a confirmation to come back so if you're directly on the hub you're communicating directly with each network so it's a little it's going to be faster is the key key reason um that i was trying to point out with a low latency for cross chain Okay, yeah, because I think um, this was one of the uh, other questions I was going to round up to, because uh, from a BTP perspective, just shifting gears, uh, you know, uh, one of the big selling points, apart from everything else, is once you're in the BTP network, essentially, you don't need to move, keep moving it via icon into every other chain, and this is something we're seeing. So with that is current... true. That, yes, that is so... true. But um, I, I just want to be clear, though, the there is still a speed benefit. It's not like the, the user experience side of things. Like if let's say, you know, let's go with two example networks. Let's go with, um, you know, Moon River on Kusama trying to send a Moon River token to Binance Smart Chain, right? The user would be able to send one uh, MOVR token from Moon River directly to Binance Smart Chain. And it would arrive there without having to like mint a token on Icon and then send another transaction to mint a token on another chain. You don't need to do that. But all the messages that verify the security of it, the that verify that this transaction was actually requested and actually happening, that gets verified on the ICON network. So the end user doesn't have to um, the end user doesn't have to deal with this. But in terms of an application developer, you want to be I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I'm still torn about this, depending on how important these things turn out in the future. But I do think, you know, if uh, we want the fastest cross-chain transactions, you want to be built on a hub. And there, there'd uh, also be in that in that scenario, you'd still there'd still be the uh, the fee to the uh, auction pool too, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, 
Yes. Yeah, I want to say yes. Yeah, because uh, okay. yeah, the fee is collected um, at the tra uh, yeah, 100%. Transaction, yeah. So I, yeah. I think yeah. this is really um, important because I know I was um, uh, drilling Icon Grapher as well, and I, he may have come through to you with this particular question because uh, the, the selling point is it connects with the BTP component. I guess the closing before the call just randomly went bye-bye. Um, it was a big important calling point for me was, well, if BTP, you know, with the relays, et cetera, how does ICON come back into it, especially if they can bypass what aspect? Is there something happening where, uh, you know, the chain ICON is still needed? And and I think your explanation earlier has just confirmed that that messages that are they are coming back to the hub and recorded there. So it is that point of finality in a way. Um, so 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. And that that was, I know, um, even in off conversations I've been having, this was a sticky point once we start getting into BTP, especially people who aren't technical that start discussing it, yeah. <laughs> um, which is usually um, very uh, scary to uh, people's views to have. But um, yeah, cool. Okay, that's actually, yeah, cool. BTP is not that complicated. All right, here's my synopsis of BTP. Our host chain creates a fake token. We pass it all to another chain that creates a token. The two intercollide and the transaction takes place and the two tokens are destroyed. It's really, it's not that complicated. It, it's not some esoteric thing, actually. It's really kind of simple. Your host network. I think I think Dusty, you've just covered it perfectly, and and it wasn't about that. It was more um, uh, making sure everyone understood that just because uh, I guess the tokens don't pass through the icon chain um, doesn't mean um, you know once BGP is established, the icon chain doesn't play its part, which which Scott confirmed as well. I think um, uh, oh three minutes. Okay, so Scott, there were a couple of questions. I'll quickly just community questions um, that got asked. Arush, he asked, um, and I don't know if you will be able to answer this, but he did ask, um, uh, is there any news with regards to potential BTP integration with Solana? I know we've asked you this in the past as well. Is is Can you break any grounds there? I mean, I could say that I, uh, you know, I'm looking into it or, you know, working with uh, TJ to look into it and trying to find um, developer talent to... Uh, to work on it, you know, the Solana ecosystem is pretty, uh, you know, it's somewhat- Talk to Russ, man. Talk to Russ. Right. Yeah. Talk to Russ. He got it, man. His, his co-developer runs the whole Solana network for Ubit Capital, man. It can happen. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So All yeah, right, the cool. Solana- Solana is uh, is definitely on on the radar. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then the last one. Um, oh no, I don't. I don't have. Um, the only other thing. No, that's it. That's all I have. Uh, if there's if there's nothing else, um, the only other thing that I did promise was a bit of an exclusive to the community. And it's a shame we lost the call because we lost quite a lot of people. Um, but. Uh, in a couple of hours, uh, something, and Scott, you warned me you're not briefed on this, so uh, uh, I'll just share um, a little bit. You know, one of the things that the foundation and Scott and everyone, you know, community, 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 and how, how can they reward it? So in a couple of hours, there's going to be a bit of news drop where um, the, the foundation is kicking off a bit of a bounty program, uh, rewarding community members around um, creating content on different topics icon related or just getting you know articles videos you name it the community can use their imagination and actually getting community members will get rewarded for for the hard work they put in so um stay tuned in a couple of hours um what's really cool about what the team have done here is uh they have kind of um created this and built it into the genesis the creation of icon and so its name is is different but there's an explanation and there's an ethos around it which i love um because when i saw it first i'm like what the heck and then um, when i read 
why the first thing it's addressed why the program is called what it's called um i thought it was quite cool but overall um it comes back to uh you know creating um content there'll be bounties for content that needs um to be created whether it be videos articles um deep diving into btp etc and there'll be a timeline given and the community can go out there write articles create content and submit it and then um, we'll be awarded money actual physical bnusd there you go first utility outside of um outside of balance scott any any thoughts to share on that um let's see the uh yeah i mean i'm really excited about uh hx57 and kind of bringing back the um the original community group from what? the early days of translating different uh translating uh material into different languages so um yeah it's gonna be a great initiative and i appreciate i'm pretty sure uh fez you kind of brought that to all of our attention from other ecosystems as a good initiative i agree and we made it happen and that's what's important no worries. No, I love that you acted on it so quickly, Scott. It's great to see. And, um, you know, just just this is my personal two cents is I hound Scott regularly about many things. So um, and he always responds. I know there's a few other things Scott's gotten involved in and we should see some announcements around that as well. So um, people shouldn't feel bad to reach out, but at the same time, also help and aid the process along the way um that's a big call out like uh, it's not hey, hey scott have you thought about this and then walk away and go yeah i'll leave that to scott no it's actually um you know getting in there and helping the team create and put it together um or suggest and feedback etc so um yeah that's cool really look forward to that i think in two hours we should have an announcement and a separate website it'll be quite cool so it'll be great for the community to really start sharing it around and actively get involved in it um yeah that's all I have, uh, Scott. I um, we're going over time. Thank you for making yourself available again. Uh, lots of cool things. Um, I, I I think my one of the next things I'm looking forward to is this block by block reward. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Every two hours, coming and seeing the own stash builds. So um, it'll be great. And I know um, once Balance gets that block by block rewards, the once we see Optimus launch, the yield aggregators will benefit. Um, or their strategies will benefit as well because essentially once everything's block by block, the the aggregators can well kind of compound rewards, etc., block by block, and your yield can go up dramatically based on that. So, um, yeah, cool. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff, Ed. Uh, thanks for doing this. As always, appreciate it. Talk to you guys later. Take care. Thank you.